0: Hey, everybody, and welcome to the Harvest Community Church Podcast. We hope this message today brings you encouragement and inspires you to take your next step in your faith journey. If you ever have any questions or you want to learn more about us as a church, you can always check us out at harvesttn.com. Enjoy the message. We have been in a series, and we probably only have a couple more weeks um, in this series that we've been on. And... um, how many of you remember the title of the series? None of you. Okay, two of you. Great. That's awesome. Um, if nothing else comes out of this series, you're going to be in a conversation with somebody one day, and, and they're going to think they've got you, and they're going to say, do you know what ethos means? And you you better know what it means. Um. And, and this is what we've been talking about, the difference in culture and ethos. Ethos is the, the spirit, uh, the character, the beliefs, the values of a people or a group. Culture is what comes from that. Culture, uh, culture is the characteristics of. Culture is the behavior culture comes out of when we look into this world and we see the culture that we live in that culture was produced from beliefs from values from what comes from within that's what produced it and so we realize that to see the culture change there's got to be an ethos change and the church can't have the same same ethos as the world has and expect any kind of change out there Jesus took care of that for us because when he, brought, when he came to earth and he brought his kingdom to the earth, when he did that, he brought an ethos with it. There's a kingdom ethos, and that is the heartbeat of Jesus. And so we've talked about the kingdom ethos being love. We've talked about the kingdom ethos being honor. We've talked about the kingdom ethos and are talking about the kingdom ethos of generosity, a generous spirit. Generosity is the ethos. Giving is the culture generosity is what's on the inside giving is what results from what's on the inside are you tracking with me and we have i mean you you think about it there is no greater giver than our father there is no greater giver in the universe than our father he is the ultimate giver giving is in him because generosity is in him he is the ultimate spirit big s of generosity and so when his kids have his DNA, then his kids ought to have the same spirit of generosity that our father has, right? And so ultimately all of this, God wants to use us to change the world. And he, he wants us also to experience the blessing that comes from giving. I, I heard about this guy that died and went to heaven and when he got there, St. Peter was there to meet him, and he was he was giving him the heavenly tour. And one of his friends came screeching down the streets of gold in a Lamborghini, and it's like, whoa, he's getting pretty excited, like, I can't wait, I want to get me one of them. And then another friend comes down through in a really nice Mercedes, and so he's getting pretty excited about this, and... And he asked St. Peter, he said, uh, what's up with the, what's up with the cars? And he said, well, he said, your transportation here depends on your generosity while you were on earth. Guy starts to sense he might be in a little bit of trouble. And so St. Peter comes bringing in this little scooter with a little Honda motor on it and he gives it to him and that the guy just gets, I mean, he's just down, he's just down about it. I mean, just, you know, not feeling too good about it. And so we go on, you know, he goes on about his business, and the next day, St. Peter, a little concerned about him, decides he's going to go check on him, and he comes over and he finds the guy, and the guy's, I mean, he's all happy and all smiles, and St. Peter said, I left you yesterday, you seem to be a little bit down, he said, but, but what's going on, you're awful, you know, seem to be a lot more up now, and, and he said, well, let me tell you what happened, he said, I saw him a pastor yesterday, and uh, he said, I saw him coming down the road on a, a skateboard, and made me feel so much better. <laughs> Out gave my pastor. Turn with me to the book of Luke, chapter 10. This passage of Scripture is, is, is very well known. If you've been in church any amount of time, you've probably heard it. If you haven't, you're going to like this passage. Jesus is about ready to expose the greedy, prideful, selfish culture of religion in his day. And as he begins to expose that, with that we find his wanting us to grasp the seriousness of generosity and what a generous spirit is. And rather than depending on our religion and relying on our religion, he just wants us to be like him. Look at verse 1, and then when you get to verse 1, jump to verse 25. On one occasion, an expert in the law stood up to test Jesus. Now, an expert in the law. Let, let, me, let me say this. When, when we think about an expert in the law, in America, we think about an expert in the law the laws of our country, an, an attorney or something like that. That's not what this is. When when they say he's an expert in the law, we're talking about an expert, a, in, in a, a religious expert in a way, expert in the law of Moses or the Mosaic law. He's an expert in the law of the Old Testament that we read about. And he said, uh, teacher, he asked, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And I, lo- I just love the way Jesus responds to things. Jesus said, well, what's, what's written in the law? You're the expert, you tell me. And he replied, how do you read it? He answered, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, with all your mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. Jesus said, well, you've answered correctly. Yeah, you know, it's written. You've answered correctly. And Jesus said, do this and you'll live. Now that's where the conversation should have ended, but the whole purpose in this was this guy was there to test Jesus, and he wasn't satisfied because it, it, it almost seems like Jesus just let him go on with what he was already thinking in his mind, and Jesus was going to skirt without any embarrassment in this moment, and so the guy pushes it. Let me tell you, you don't want to get in this kind of a situation with Jesus trying to test him or outsmart him. We're talking about the all-knowing, all-wise God, right? And, and G- but he wanted to justify himself. You get into trouble when you try to justify yourself. This is not a marriage sermon, but husbands and wives... You get in trouble when you can't just say, I am sorry, and shut your mouth. When you attempt, <laughs> when you attempt to justify yourself, you've just crossed a line that could last weeks. Okay, that's not that's not what I'm preaching on. But he wanted to justify himself, so he asked Jesus, and who is my neighbor? In reply, Jesus said, a man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho and he was attacked by robbers. They stripped him of his clothes, they beat him, and they went away leaving him half dead. A priest, religious, right? Say religious. A priest happened to be going down the same road. And when he saw the man... The priest done being in, he done being in the church preaching about loving and giving and, and, and about what God wants to do in people's lives, but he can't take the sermon and put it into real life. And so he says, a priest happened to be going down the road and he saw the man he passed by on the other side. So to a Levite, say religious, because the Levite was a religious man too. He was one of the servants in the in the temple a levite when he came to the place he saw him, he passed by on the other side. Done been in a deacon's meeting, Mr. Deacon Levi, done been in a deacon's meeting. They done been voting on how they're going to help the community. And then they walk out the doors of the meeting, down the street, find somebody in need, and they get to the other side of the road. You got to go to the other side of the road because you got to convince yourself in your head that I, I have no responsibility there. And maybe if I just... Just get it out of my head. Okay, I'm not going to say it. Let's keep going. But a Samaritan, as he traveled, a Samaritan, let me tell you something about this Samaritan. He's talking to, you got to understand this scene. Jesus is talking to a, a very religious expert in the law. And they had nothing to do with Samaritans. And by Jesus putting a Samaritan into this situation as the hero in the story, man, that messes over this guy's mind. But a Samaritan, as he traveled, he came where the man was. And when he saw him, he took pity on him. He went to him, he bandaged his wounds. Now we're going to be talking about giving just a minute. I'm going to throw out a couple things for us to look at before we get there. He bandaged his wounds, which means he he gave of his resources, right? Because he had to reach into his cabinet and he had to get his ointment and he had to get his bandages. So he is using his resources to give to another man, pouring oil and wine. And then he put the man on his own He's using his own transportation. He's giving use of, now he didn't hand the keys to the donkey over to the guy, but he put him on it. And drove him wherever they needed to go, but he's using his tra- he's giving of his transportation to help this guy out. Brought him in, brought him to an inn where he's getting ready to have to dish out some bucks to take care of him. The next day when he said, And when I return, I will reimburse you for any expenses. Here goes some money. So we already see the guy's giving compassion, the guy's giving kindness, the guy's giving of his resources, the guy's giving of his time, his energy. He's also giving of his energy. In- Influence, because not too many people let you just leave a beat up guy in the inn. So this guy evidently had some influence with this innkeeper that would allow him to walk away, and and the innkeeper believed that he's going to come back and bring the money. He's not going to just leave me with this beat up guy high and dry. So he used his he gave of his influence to help someone. You tracking with me so far? Then the next day he took two denarii, there goes money, and gave them to the keeper. Look after him, said, while I return, I will reimburse you for any expenses you have. And then Jesus asked the question, which of these three do you think was a neighbor to the man who fell into the hands of the robbers? And the expert replied, the one who had mercy on him. And Jesus said, just go do it. Just go do it. I think the guy probably wasn't too excited about the story. But in this story, we see coming out of the very heart and mind of Jesus. And I don't know that this, you know, I don't know how many times Jesus, in what we read occasionally as parables or these little stories, that Jesus didn't reach into and pull out things that he actually knew had had happened. But what we do see is the difference between someone who had a generous spirit and people from a religious culture who crossed to the other side. We've been talking about the keys that will open this culture, haven't we? And the keys that will open this culture, that will open the door to this culture for us to have a voice is not for us to stand on the front porch of the, of the church screaming at the church saying you sinners are going to hell. That's not what opens the door. They have, they have closed the door. They don't want to hear what we have to say because we preach and we talk about all the things we'll do and we never come through with the things we say. Well, we say we'll love, but we act hateful. We say we will honor, but we act just as disrespectful Honorable as everybody else we say that we're going to give yet so often we don't if we want to see this culture unlocked we've got to go in with the heart of jesus and the heart of jesus is not always giving money do you remember when peter and john were going into the temple at the temple gate and a guy was sitting there begging for money peter and john looked at him and said We don't have any money, but we'll give you what we got. In the name of Jesus, get up and walk. But you got to have a faith walk for that. It's a lot easier to carry Jesus' name around, not really know him, not really have faith in him, not really trust him, worry like everybody else, be full of anxiety like everybody else. Is anybody tracking with me? Wouldn't it be awesome if somebody come up to you and said, I need money for a surgery, and you say, don't have any money but I'll pray for your healing. I was just letting the Holy Spirit do something with that before we move on. Look at number one. We'll give you a couple, couple little point, bullet points here. Generous people have an abundance mentality. Generous people, people with a generous spirit have an abundance mentality. What does that mean? Well, most people, a lot of people, let me put it this way, and I think most people live with a scarcity mentality. We live with a scarcity mentality with the idea, scarcity mentality says there's never enough, there's never enough, there's never enough. And if you live with a scarcity mentality, there's never enough to be able to give something to somebody else or to some cause or something. Does that make sense? But generous people don't live in a scarcity. People with a generous spirit realize that their father is their source. Their heavenly father is their source of everything. And our heavenly father is looking at you and me, and he's saying, I want to team up with you. I need some way to get money. I need some way to get love. I need some way to get a hug. I need some way to get a smile into this world, into some people who need that. I need a way to do it. I can't come down down there and do it myself. Jesus left here, went back up, said, I'm leaving, but I'm going to send my Holy Spirit down. Jesus could only be in one physical location at a time when he was in his physical body, but he left here, sent his Holy Spirit to abide in all of us. And what the Father's doing is looking and saying, I want to partner with you. If you will choose Renew your mind and choose to have a generous spirit. It's already in us. It's already in us. But if we'll choose to allow that generous spirit to come out, the Father is saying, I will be your source for everything. See, you think that your job is the source, but no, God. I would never want to depend on a job to be my source of income because jobs come and go. But God doesn't. There's one constant in the life of the child of God where your income is. It can come from a million different places. It can come from any job, but ultimately there's one constant, and that one constant is the Lord. Husbands and wives, come and go. Your children may never take care of you when you get old. That won't happen in my family. But we've got to get you in a bigger house. because we're not i mean you know what I'm saying we're not staying in that one with you guys <laughs> one constant and that one constant is the lord and he is always trying to see the the thing that we tend to pull back on we we tend to focus all of our energy on on how do i meet How do I make ends meet? How do I get my bills paid? How do I make ends meet month by month? And and what Jesus is saying, when you become a part of my kingdom, I am the king, and I'm taking responsibility as the king for the people in my kingdom to make sure that you are provided for. Here's all I ask you to do. You seek first my kingdom. And my righteousness, or me, you seek first my kingdom, and the righteousness is my in my kingdom, that righteousness is Jesus, you seek that. don't spend your all of your energy worrying about what's going to happen. No, you seek my kingdom, and I 'll take care of the other things. And we waste so much energy trying to figure stuff out, worrying about stuff that that he's already said, I got taken care of for you. You can do it yourself. You can worry about yourself. You can try to fix it yourself or you can seek my kingdom first and I will take the responsibility to make sure the other things happen. That'd be the way to live, wouldn't it? That would be the way to live. Jesus was all the time trying to get his message in that I, if you and I team up, and I'm talking about if I'm Jesus. And he wants to team up with us. And he wants to say, I need a smile. I've got somebody coming in that door that needs a smile to hug today. And I need somebody that I can do that through. How many of you know that's, that's giving? That's a spirit of generosity that says, Lord, here I am. I'm a vessel. You just work through me and I'll give what you want me to. It's really easy to do until he's asking for money until he's asking for something we don't feel like giving. Ordinarily, I feel like hugging you. Today's a bad day. My wife and I argued all the way to church. The kids got on my everlasting nerve. I don't want to hug you today. I don't want to hug anybody today. I hope nobody talks to me today, because I will bite your head off. No, a generous spirit realizes that sometimes you've got to go past a comfort zone in our own lives to give, and that can be anywhere from money, to a hug, to a prayer, to encouragement. Because see, it's really hard sometimes for me to encourage you when my wife has just been diagnosed with a brain tumor. And yet I'm coming to you, and I'm still trying to love you, and I'm still trying to pray for you, and I'm trying to tell you everything's going to be okay. And I'm going back home saying, "God, help me." But a generous spirit says it's just—it's not all about me. I want to touch your life, I want to impact. That, that's what a generous spirit does, right? But you got to know that God's going to provide. Because if you don't know that you're connecting up with the one who has never had, never, heaven has never been close to bankruptcy. Hello. Not one time has God ever looked over to his son and said, son, it's going to be a rough month in heaven. We're going to have to really cut back some stuff because I'm telling you, we kind of overdid it last month. And, and so, just got to tell you, no running around on the streets of gold in a Lamborghini. No, no, heaven's never had a trouble. Heaven's never had a problem. Heaven has never struggled to be able to give. Never. Look at this ownerita passes to you. You're going to love this. And if you don't, just pretend like you do. Mark chapter 8, verse 14 through 21. Mark chapter 8. I love this story. This story follows, listen to this now. What I'm about ready to read to you follows a moment. See, in, in what I'm talking to you about is, is this. Until you know that God's got it covered, you may, wanna, you may allow the culture to start to dictate your giving rather than the ethos Of the Holy Spirit, and I got to help you see that it's covered, right? Right before we read this, Jesus and his disciples have come to that place where there's a multitude of hungry people, and Jesus looks at his disciples and says, What we got? Well, we've only got seven loaves, and Jesus said, Give it to me. Starts doing what Jesus does, turn them water to wine turning bread to more bread turning fish to more fish break up fish in half it grows a head it grows a tail they've got another whole fish and you just keep on going you cut it again it's like what in the world you cut the fish in half and this half grows a head and this half grows a tail and it just keeps on going you cut the bread and and, you know though bread doesn't have a head and tail but it just it completes its you know what I'm saying so they just got through with this miracle, and as they were, as they were leaving, uh, getting at the boat, Pharisees started talking, talking trash a little bit, and so here's, here's where we get to. Then uh, the disciples had forgotten to bring bread. <laughs> they, I love this story. They've just, they've just fed thousands of people with seven loaves of bread. They left with baskets full of fragments of bread. They get on a boat. And Peter (laughs) looks over at John and says, you get the bread. And John said, I was busy loving Jesus and Jesus loving me. I mean, I'm the disciple Jesus loved. I don't shouldn't even be having to do that kind of stuff. You're the one that keeps opening his mouth and... Saying all this stuff and staying in trouble with Jesus, you need brownie points of Jesus, not me. You better be getting the bread. I didn't bring the bread. Did you bring the bread? I didn't bring the bread. Did you bring the bread? I didn't bring, did anybody bring the bread? Nope. You mean to tell me all those fragments and nobody brought the bread? Well, there is this one loaf. Been here a little while, but there is this one loaf. It's so, The disciples forgot to bring the bread, except for one loaf that they had with them in the boat. And then Jesus says, this is like, it's the way it so often is. We're on one track and Jesus is on another. Jesus says, be careful. Watch out for the yeast of the Pharisees and that of Herod. Watch out for that Religious yeast. Watch out for the yeast of Herod. Watch out for that that'll end up running the bread. Okay, but listen, listen. And they discussed with one another and said, is it because we didn't bring bread? Is Jesus mad at us because we didn't bring bread? They missed it. They were thinking so fleshly, so carnally. How often do we miss what God has for us because he's thinking kingdom and we're thinking Earth, and when I say Earth, I mean Earthly, because His kingdom is in the Earth spiritually through His people. But how often do we miss it? But but keep going, y'all got to hurry because we're almost out of time. They discuss with one another. It is because we is it because we have no bread? And Jesus aware of those their discussion. Of course, He was aware, and He said, "Why, oh Lord, can you see Jesus? Sometimes like oh." Father, how long do I have to put up with these knuckleheads? Why are you talking about having no bread? Do you still not understand? Are your hearts hardened? Do you have eyes but fail to see? Would you not love to have been sitting there in that moment? (laughs) And don't you remember See, I think the problem we have sometimes is very short memory. When it comes to God's giving, sometimes we have a really short memory. And don't you remember when I broke five loaves for the 5,000, how many baskets and pieces that you had to pick up? How many? They said 12, they they replied. And and when I broke the seven loaves for the 4,000, how many baskets and pieces did you pick up? They said seven. And he said, do you still not understand? Are you still focused on this earth and earth's provision? Have you not figured out yet that when I tell you to give, I'm going to give back to you? I'm not asking you to do anything that I will not provide for you, through you, in you, give to you from places and ways that you've never even imagined. Do you not get yet that I'm talking about my kingdom and kingdom provision comes through me to you and you're still working? Worried about a baloney sandwich. He just wants us to get it. And this is the last one, and I want you to look at this. Number three: generous people receive more than they give. You cannot outgive God. It's impossible. I love this verse in Luke 6:38. Give and what? Give, and what? Give, and it will be given. You give a hug. Somewhere down the road, when you need one, it's going to be given back. You give money. Somewhere down the road, it's going to come back. You give a smile. Somewhere down the road, it's going to give back. You give encouragement. Somewhere down the road, it's going to come back. You give mercy. Somewhere down the road, it's going to come back. You give love. somewhere down. It's, do you see what I'm saying? Give, and it will be given you a good measure, pressed down, shaking together, and running over. You go buy a box of cornflakes, open it up, half air. I take, I like, I used to like, don't eat them anymore because they're unhealthy. Not since last week or something, I don't, but anyway. Uh, I love Tony the Tiger cereal. And I would get that cereal out and I would pour it into a bowl, and the bowl would be full. And then I'd start squishing. I'd squish it up, I'd put some more in the bowl, and I'd squish it up and put some more in the bowl. And what originally was full ended up not being full. And he's saying, you give, and you take the spoon, you take the bowl you give with, and and you had it filled up, and and you gave that. Here's what I'm telling you I'm going to do. I'm going to use that same bowl, and I'm going to fill it up. But when I fill it up, I'm gonna push it down. I'm gonna squish it down. I'm gonna put some more and I'm gonna squish it down some more. And by the time I get through, the same bowl that you used is gonna be used to give back to you. But when I give back, I'm gonna press that thing down. I'm gonna shake it together. I'm gonna to run it over. Look at this verse press down, shake it together, running over. It will be poured into your lap. For with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. God is a giver. And we can use that same generous heart and man when we march, when we march into this world and we stop running our mouths and we just start acting the Jesus, living out the Jesus is inside of us, somebody's going to say, I got to know. See, we're so busy trying to tell everybody stuff that they don't want to hear but if we just love like Jesus and we honor like Jesus and and we we give like Jesus, there's this moment when people that thought they didn't want to know can't help themselves. They're coming over there. How is it that in this High stress restaurant situation where people are rude and stingy with their tips. How is it that you maintain such a good attitude? How is it that you maintain such a good spirit? I gotta know. I gotta know because when I get treated wrong, I don't take it the way you do. I wanna punch them in the face, but you smile. And what people don't know, sometimes you want to punch them in the face too, but you, with hope. I got to know. See, see, I sit in the cubicle right beside of you and I hear how the boss is always coming in, ragging on you and, and, just, and, and just being just mean, belligerent. And I see how calm you stay and you keep coming in here week after week and you take it and you do your job. I just got to know i got to know. It's Jesus. Just got to tell you, it's Jesus. See, he's just giving it to me and I'm giving it back. He's giving me peace and I'm giving it back. He's giving me love and I'm giving it back. He's giving me mercy and I'm giving it back. He's given me what I need and I'm just giving it back. Some of you came in here today, and I'm—we're gonna—we got a song. Some of you came in here today, and you're the one in need at the moment, and all you can think about is what you need. There is one place that kind of a string is attached, because when you need love. It's already down in here. When you give it, it's like there's a string attached down in here. And when you hand it off, it brings it up into your life. And it manifests in your life. You're discouraged? Find somebody to encourage. Need a hug? Hug somebody. This world needs Jesus. It doesn't need a church that just screams all the time. This world needs Jesus, and we are the only ones that can take him to this world. It needs hope, and hope is in Jesus, and we're the only ones that carry the message. Ah, Lord Jesus, Use us, use us, use us to transform this culture for your name. In Jesus' name, let's stand and sing. Thank you for joining us today. If you've enjoyed listening, be sure to hit the subscribe button and rate and review the podcast. Thanks again for joining us, and we'll see you again next week.